coming up. Do you want to get your prayers answered? There's a lot we can learn from our matriarchs, Leah and Rachel. Welcome, everybody, to At Home in Jerusalem, the podcast on Aish.com. I'm Heather Dean, and this is the place where each week a well-known Torah scholar drops by for a visit and shares important insights from the Torah that will make home life better. And this week, I'm joined by my guest, Dina Coopersmith, at the worldwide headquarters of Aisha Torah in Jerusalem, Israel. And we'll be talking about our Jewish matriarchs, Leah and Rachel, about how their prayers impacted their families and themselves and ourselves. Dina has been working in the field of Jewish education for the past 26 years, and she teaches classes on a wide variety of subjects at a number of schools in the Jerusalem area. She also also writes articles for H.com, and she's the editor for the Hebrew website, H.co.il. And if all that doesn't keep this married mother of five busy enough, Dina also organizes and leads trips for women in their 40s and 50s from all over the world. And these are called the Women's Reconnection Trips. Welcome, Dina Coopersmith, to At Home in Jerusalem. Thank you, Heather. Terrific. Pleasure okay. to be here. Oh, good, good, good. So listen, before we get to the matriarchs, Rachel and Leah, Let's talk about the matriarchs of our own families, all the moms, all the parents for that matter. How does a parent who prays for their family's health and safety and sustenance, everything, actually affect blessings that come to their family? Uh, That's a good question, Heather. Um, The whole concept of prayer in general is not easy to really wrap your head around because Mm -hmm. how can you really make any impact on what's going to happen? I mean, God runs the world and you're just, you know, what are you actually going to make a difference? If you pray, are you going to change God's mind? Mm -hmm. And doesn't God know already what's happening and what's going to happen to you? And doesn't he love you? And won't he do the best no matter what? So what does prayer really help? And I think for all mothers and really for all people, we have to appreciate that God expects us to ask him for things and God Mm. wants a relationship with us. And that's why even though he does want to give us everything good, he actually lets us ask for it before he gives it to us. So he's really waiting for us to ask. Hmm. And so it seems like we don't have things that we need and therefore we pray, but really God would like us to pray and therefore he gives us needs. So if you pray for your family, yes, you may very well be what you feel is like changing God's mind, but it's not. God would have liked to have you ask for that as early as possible so Mm. that he could give you the blessing that Mm. he waits to give you. Wow. Amazing. Okay. Now let's talk about Leah for a minute. Our matriarch, Leah, how is it that by her prayers that she was able to change her destiny and therefore uh, the destiny of the entire Jewish nation? Okay, so Leah is amazing in the fact that she um, is the only one out of the four matriarchs who was not infertile, okay, who was not barren. All four, basically three out of four matriarchs were barren. They weren't able to have children for most of their lives. Mm. And she's the only one who did not. And the question is why, you know? And the question really is, well, why were the other ones barren? Mm -hmm. And the answer that we have from the Midrash, from our uh, commentaries, is that God would have liked the Jewish women to speak to him. He was waiting for their 
uh, requests and conversations. He wanted to talk to them. So he said to himself, if I make these matriarchs rich and beautiful, and if they have children as well, when will they ever turn to me and ask me for anything? When Mm -hmm. will they talk to me? Mm -hmm. And therefore, I make them barren so that they will have something to ask me for Mm -hmm. and turn to me in prayer. So the fact that Leah did not have that issue might point to the fact that she was already having conversations with Hashem Mm, and talking mm, to him mm, and asking him. And if you remember from the uh, Torah portion that talks about Leah, the first time we meet her, the Torah says that her eyes were red or her eyes were rakot, they were soft. And the commentaries say that they were soft from crying. She had been crying and crying because she had this sense or there was this rumor going around or there was a prophecy that was being told that she was supposed to marry Asaph, the older brother. (laughs) And she was so adamant that that not happen. She was so literally like opposed to that possibility Mm. that she did not stop crying to the point where she literally, her eyes totally got like red and soft Mm. and weak. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you think about this woman, she is crying all the time in prayer and talking to God. And you see how she didn't end up marrying Asaph. And that really was her destiny. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a joke. It wasn't a rumor. It wasn't like people were saying, oh, you're going to marry Asaph. Your little sister will marry Yaakov. It was a real thing. Mm -hmm. There was that destiny in place in the world. Mm -hmm. And she got out of it. And there's another uh, situation later on. I don't know if you remember this, but later on, she has already six children, six boys, six out of the tribes. Mm -hmm. And the two of the other maidservants, the other women that were married to Yaakov, also each had two children. Mm -hmm. And Rachel didn't have any children yet. So at that point, Leah was about to conceive, when she was conceiving again, she was about to have another child. Mm -hmm. And she um, realized that if she had another tribe, another boy, Mm -hmm, which would mm -hmm. be another tribe, Rachel would have less children left for her out of the 12 tribes, Mm -hmm. even than the maidservants. And so Uh, she prayed to God again. mm -hmm. And apparently this was supposed to be a boy. Mm -hmm. Dina, who Mm -hmm. ended up being a girl, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And being born to Leah, Mm -hmm. was supposed to be a boy. Mm -hmm. The commentaries actually say she prayed and she switched it into a girl. Mm. into Dina, Mm, which by the way is just a side point, which has nothing to do with anything, but Dina, which happens to be my name, any Dina that I know, I don't know if you know that, Mm. if you know Dina's, if you think about that. My middle name is Dina. Your mother, that is totally, that totally works with my thesis because any Dina that I know, and I also feel like there is something about us in our soul that's a little bit masculine. I know that sounds really weird, (laughs) but it's like a an external way of being, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. we don't automatically associate with the feminine role. And it's, it's out there. Mm -hmm. And it's because I think it's because Dina was really a boy initially and she switched. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, Leah was an expert. At, she really, at prayer. She was constantly talking you to know, God. She also, I remember, um, so as she's having these children, she, uh, there's, there was one particular birth where she's, she really also set an example for giving thanks. Like mm. something about 
Leia teaches the importance of giving thanks when our prayers are answered. Yes, that's beautiful. So it's not only with the fourth boy, mm -hmm. which was Yehuda, which is the root of gratefulness and thanks. Mm -hmm. But if you notice, there is actually a, a gradation. Every single child that she had mm -hmm. expressed something about what was going on in her life. Like if you remember, Reuven is the right. firstborn mm -hmm. child. And in Hebrew, that means Ra'ah Hashem Be'onyi. God has seen my suffering. So she's involving God mm -hmm. in in the first primary event in her life where mm -hmm. she has this child mm -hmm. and she's saying, God, I see that it's you. It's coming from you. You saw my suffering and you gave me a child. Mm -hmm. So it's not only with Yehuda, it's with every child. She wow. is acknowledging God and bringing him into her life. Also Shimon, Shema Hashem, Right? Nice. Hashem has heard me. Right. And it's the same idea. It's like God has heard me. God hears my prayers. God nice. is listening to me and getting involved. Levi is the third child. Yes. Levi, now Hashem is listening to me so much, and he's actually making my husband accompany me. Mm. You so know? Mm -hmm. And you could see how those prayers are actually affecting her whole household mm. because she's mm. praying not only just to have a child, but to have a relationship with her husband. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you just think about it, if you're a husband, Okay, you know, that would be a big deal for you. Mm -hmm. Like your wife is not only praying all the time about herself, she's praying that you will love her, mm -hmm. that you will be involved mm -hmm. with her. Mm -hmm. And that must have had an impact on as the, well right, on the relationship, right. on the shalom bayit in her house, on her home. Right, it's right. something so that we all have to home. keep in mind. Sure. Okay. In our time remaining, so let's talk about Rachel. So how did her prayers make a difference for us today because she, you know, in an article that you actually wrote on age.com, so you point out that one of her chief characteristics was, quote, all-encompassing compassion. So talk about her prayers a bit. Wow. So she, thank you for reminding me about that because I didn't really bring my notes, so I'm glad you read my <laughs> articles. Uh, Rachel, yeah, her, her thing, I mean, it's very interesting with her because at the beginning, she wasn't really into prayer. If you think about it, she initially was just like one of these beautiful girls who is just out there and beloved by all mm -hmm. inside and out one of those beautiful people that you can't you can't hate because they're just so amazing mm -hmm. and they're so loved and they're so nice and she was really the one who ran the household she was outdoors she was the one taking the sheep out and she was uh, beautiful mm -hmm. and people fall in love with her she was getting everything she needed yeah. right mm -hmm. and only later on and this is a woman who's so compassionate that she really, um, she, she didn't feel like she needed anything because people were giving her whatever she needed. Oh, yeah. Like she had Yaakov. And mm -hmm, so it mm -hmm. took her a while to appreciate that she really needed help, that she needed Hashem mm -hmm. to give her. And it was from Leah, which is a whole other class and a mm -hmm. whole other dynamic with mm -hmm. her sister, mm -hmm. she learned the mm -hmm. idea of prayer from Leah and mm -hmm. eventually really took that compassion and moved it out towards the entire Jewish people. As we know later on, she's praying for us to this day. We yes. have this concept that she's praying for the Jewish people and Hashem responded to her in kind based on her all-encompassing trait of compassion, Hashem always answered her in kind and said, I will also answer your prayers and 
have mercy on the Jewish oh, people. Wow, that's so lovely. I really appreciate that you took the time to share with us these really, really interesting insights about our matriarchs, Rachel and Leah, Dina Coopersmith. Thank you, Heather. It was a pleasure. And uh, there are many excellent articles written by Dina Coopersmith on age.com, and you'll also find a vast amount of written and multimedia material on our patriarchs and matriarchs on age.com. Check them out. And thanks for listening. Thank you.